Hey, you guys, it's Crystal Sherell from Indie Artist School. Welcome to the Singer's Arsenal. Today, we're going to talk about how to crush your live performance. Now, I know that it can be a little daunting to perform live if you've never done it before. So I wanted to give you five tips that can help you do it as best as you can. Um, if you've also already performed live and you're trying to get back on the scene after this quarantine or you're doing it while also social distancing, then this episode is for you. So basically it's for everybody. I don't know anybody who wouldn't benefit from this. So keep on listening. Okay. So the first thing that you need to do to crush your live performance is to know how to rehearse effectively. I can't stress this enough. You guys, it's not just running through the songs and being like, yep, got it. No, it needs to be to the point where you've got it in your bones. You know it without thinking. And I'm not just talking about the music. I'm not just talking about the singing. I'm talking about your entire show top to bottom. I'm talking transitions. I'm talking anything that you want to talk about, anything like that. You want to make sure that you've rehearsed it effectively. Now I go into greater detail about what rehearsing effectively actually is. If you go back to my rehearsing effectively episode, which is the eight steps to rehearse effectively, but the biggest takeaways I can give you right now about rehearsing is to make sure that you structure your rehearsals and make sure that you challenge yourself. Um, so you want to make sure that you're actually improving and getting better. And you can challenge yourself with your memory and also uh, with your actual song choices and things like that. Uh, so yeah, make sure that you challenge yourself. And then the third thing you need to do to rehearse effectively is to work smarter, not harder. And I talk about how to do that. It's a little nugget. It's a little nugget, but we're going to get, we're going to keep it moving. Uh, so yeah, the second thing that you need to be able to do to crush your live performance is do your homework. Ah, yes, this is really important. And I mean this in every way, honestly, nothing is more frustrating to get to a venue and realize that they don't have a sound system. But you didn't know, so you're not ready, okay? Had that happened before? Actually, there was a mix in communication. We're not going to talk too deep into that. But yes, things like this. Do your homework. Make sure communication is clear. What are the guidelines? What is necessary? How long is your set supposed to be? Do you know where you're going to set up? You know, and what is needed for the show? Not only that, you need to do some homework on the crowd and the venue is it a more quiet venue? Um, is Do you know the demographic of your audience? Because all of these things will really impact how you put your show together. So doing your homework is crucial. So, so important. While yes, it can be, you know, the biggest fear for mo most artists is to perform and, you know, make mistakes and not be well received. But what's even more frustrating is to actually do a great job, but have a set that just doesn't appeal to the crowd you're singing to. So yeah, do your homework, okay? And I know in the beginning, you're going to want to accept every gig uh, just because you want to get exposure. Um, and in the beginning, you might have to do so. You might have to 
bite the dust. You know, you might have to have a few, uh, you might have to have a few difficult moments to grow. But over time, as you establish yourself and what you do and know your audience and all of this stuff, you can be a little bit more selective about what gigs you take. So just keep that in mind. Do your homework. All right. The third thing you need to do to be able to have a wonderful live performance is connect with the crowd. So yeah, you did your homework earlier. You know who's in the crowd. You know where you're going to be performing. But now you need to make sure that you're really utilizing that connection you have with that crowd while you're there. And here are some ways you can do that. You can do that by making sure that you're looking them in the eye when you're performing, not just while you're singing. I know we like to close our eyes when we're singing and that's good in moderation. You need to give some moments, create moments in your set where, you know, you can look at someone in the eye, maybe sing to them, uh, you know, maybe even give your audience something to do. Uh, you want to make sure that they are participating as well as you. So like they're part of it with you. It's really hard to ignore somebody when you're together doing the same thing. You can also make sure that you tell engaging stories before a song. Like you can talk about, you know, your inspiration for why you wrote the song. Or if you're singing a cover, you can talk about the artist, you know, do you have any fun facts about the artist who you're covering? Or maybe there's a story of your own that you can relate to the topic of the song. Now, here's a word of caution for those of you who are uh, struggling with banter or may not realize it. You got to be aware of your crowd, guys. Like, you know, Take a temperature of the room. How's everything going? You know, are they liking your jokes? You know, think about that. Are they offended? You know, have you said something? If something goes left, okay, you can make a joke about it and recover or apologize or something like that, but you want to make light of it. Keep the vibe nice. You know, don't ever turn on your crowd. Okay. Don't be like, well, whatever. I thought it was funny. When you do that, you close yourself off <laughs> and your crowd is no longer receptive to you. They feel like you guys are at odds and they're not want to, going to want to give you their attention. So just nurture that relationship while you're on stage. Even if there's somebody rude in the crowd, yes, you can address it. Um, but better yet, it's more positive to commend people who are behaving in a positive way from my experience, I'm just saying. And there was a time, I'm going to tell a little story. There was this guy who was really, really drunk, like, oh my gosh. And he was getting a little rowdy and disruptive during the show. And he even came as far to like come up to me and tried to touch me uh, on my arm and stuff and pull me away and all this weird stuff. And um, I was really just trying to keep performing and I don't have bodyguards or anything. Uh, didn't think I would need any, uh, but sometimes there's people who are a little, uh, what's the word? I was going to say crazy or fanatic or drunk. There's so many different ways people might cross your boundaries. So you want to make sure that you have some people on your team who could shield you from stuff like that. And here's the crazy thing about that story. Someone from the audience who was engaged with my show and really paying attention. There were several people there. A lot of people just watched in awe, like what, 
what's going on. But this one guy just stood up and like called that guy out and uh, called security and all this stuff. And he became a bodyguard and <laughs> just an impromptu bodyguard. You never know what you need. Okay. So just I, I, right now, I just realized that story probably scared somebody from performing. I apologize, but this is the truth. This is the nature of it. You know, engage with your crowd, but had no one been paying attention Let's just, let's talk about that for a second. Had no one been paying attention to my show, I don't even know if they would have noticed that happening. You know, I had the protection of the crowd in one way. That's one way to look at it because they were invested in the show. And so they were able to, you know, protect me from anybody who was being weird. Now, ideally you don't, that won't be a normal situation. That's only happened to me. Oh, twice. Uh, well, anyway, I was going to say that only happened to me once, but anyway, it doesn't happen often. Okay. I've been performing for years and those kind of crazy situations don't happen. But one thing I will say that does happen is when you engage with your crowd, you build a relationship and you build memories together. They'll remember that show from three years ago when, you know, you performed, you know, a song, a new song that they didn't know yet. And you told that funny story, you know, those kind of things really help endear you to the crowd. Okay. So the fourth thing that you need to be able to do to perform live and kill it. Well, you know what, before I get into that, <laughs> didn't mean to tease y'all, but before I get into that, I want to invite you to donate to this podcast by going to anchor.fm backslash the singer's arsenal backslash support. I really, really enjoy creating these episodes for you guys, and I really couldn't do this without your support. Your donations are what keeps this podcast going. And for those of you who have already donated, Thank you so much. You're a real one. And if you want to be a part of the crew, go ahead and visit anchor.fm backslash the singer's arsenal backslash support. Also, if you want to get a t-shirt, uh, I have a shirt, a new shirt called I strive to slay my vocals. If you're somebody who strives to slay your vocals too, then you can visit my link tree, which has links to everything, including my website, my podcast. If you want to get private lessons with me virtually, things like that are all in the same link. And you can do that by going to link L I N K T R dot E E backslash indie artist school. That's L I N K T R dot E E backslash indie artist school. All right, let's keep it moving. So the fourth thing that you need to do to be able to crush your live performance is to create a great set list. Now, I'm not even going to lie, guys. Creating a set list is kind of a special skill in and of itself. And I won't deny, you know, it got better over time. When I first started out, and a lot of you who are listening, if you're new to this, you're probably just going to put together a list of songs that you know well, that you know you can perform. And there is nothing wrong with that. I'd rather you perform, you know, maybe some moderately good song choices really well than some, you know, great song choices horribly. Okay. Because you want to keep your audience engaged and there's no way to lose that. That's a way to lose them is by having a bad performance. But another way to engage your audience is to sing songs that they know. Uh, so yeah, doing your homework that we talked about earlier really comes to play here too, because by knowing who your audience is and also by engaging 
with your audience and knowing what it is they like, you can see what kind of songs you need to perform. Now, this does take time. There's other things to consider as well, aside from just what your audience might know. You also need to consider the arrangement of the song. So what I mean by arrangement, I mean that, you know, some songs sound better with a full band uh, and you might have a song that's a little drum heavy or something like that. And you're supposed to perform in a quiet coffee shop. Like that's not going to work, right? You've got to adjust and adapt your songs and your set list according to the venue you're in and what the sound requirements are going to be. So if they don't have many channels for multiple instruments or something like that, you've got to do a stripped down version of a song. And so when you know that in advance, you can choose songs that sound really good stripped down. And what I mean by stripped down is not getting naked. (laughs) What I mean is just you singing and accompanied by one other instrumentalist. For example, you know, just a guitarist sitting on a stool next to you or maybe a pianist, uh, a keyboardist or something, you know, just very intimate, um, not a lot of, you know, sounds that will, you know, bounce off of the wall uh, too much. Cause I, I can tell you drums, like a full kit, there are some times you need to know like when not to have a full kit. Uh, sometimes the venue owners may not even consider that. They may not know. They may just know they want music and have no idea what, you know, sound requirements are. If you're providing your own sound, you might have the ability to do it any way you choose, but you've got to have the taste, you know, the, the understanding and the homework done to know whether or not you need to bring your whole band or whether or not you need to bring, you know, a guy on a, on a djembe, a hand drum, you know, and you play guitar and sing, or you have a guitarist and sing with you. And it's still technically a band, right? Guitarist, you know, djembe, uh, and you, you know, that's, that's a three piece band, but it's still stripped down. Hopefully that explains that part. All right. And last but not least, the fifth thing that you've got to know how to do to crush your live performance is to close your show strong. I can't stress this enough, guys. You've got to create your show with a good finale at the end. Now, I know in the beginning, uh, structuring your set list, this kind of goes hand in hand with this. Um, You might want to make sure that you capture their attention at first, and that's important too. Um, You want to make sure that they don't tune out right off the bat. They got to take you seriously take you seriously. You got to let them know what they can expect. You got to set the scene, set the mood, all of that. And you want to have something in the middle that kind of, you know, wakes them back up if you have a really long set or something like that. Hopefully they're not asleep. But what I mean is (laughs) keeping them engaged through your song choices. And then at the end, you want to make sure they remember you. Got to make sure you leave a positive impression on your audience so they can't forget your show. Okay. And so by ending strong, you know, you do your best song at the end. Um, and then immediately following while everybody's really engaged and hyped up, you want to thank your audience, stay engaged with them and, and, and direct them to your promotional items. Like if you've got 
a merch table with an email sign up list. Encourage them to sign up so they can go to your next show. Talk about what shows you have coming up next. Tell them where, tell them the time, tell them the day. Let make it easy for them to follow you. You know, give them your Instagram handle, your Twitter handle, whatever, and give them a business card so they can find all of this later. Because chances are, even though you say all those things on the mic, they may not know how to spell any of this stuff. They may not know or remember what it is you said after someone else performs. So make sure you give them all of that information, make it easy for them to connect with you. And also make sure that you're talking with your fans, you know, engage with them, thank them personally. And if you can, if you can sell your merch personally to them with, you know, that's even better, you know, that way they can feel connected to you, talk with them, your old fans and your new fans. So let's go back over that. The five things to crush your live performance. One, rehearse effectively. Two, do your homework. Three, connect with your crowd. Four, create a great set list. And five, close your show strong. All right, you guys. Well, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn how to improve your voice, go ahead and visit indie-artist.teachable.com. That's indie-artist.teachable.com. Well, you guys, as always, have a wonderful day. Yay!